Hey guys, welcome to the Challenge Podcast. I'm Coach Steve. And I'm Coach Nick. And we're going to be talking about everything fitness, health, and the challenge. Let's get on with the show. What's up guys, Coach Steve here. Welcome back to another episode of the Coach's Corner where Coach Nick and I offer our tip for the week. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm really good. Thanks, Coach Steve. I'm loving our Coach's Corners. They've, they've had, um, well, we've done one. Um, but it's had great response so far. So um, 100% of the time, all of the time, it's doing really well. Yeah, yeah. And so much so that we're back for, for round two with episode number two. Um, we've got an exciting episode ahead. Um, but look, Nick, let's jump right into it. We're in the ring. We're in our little maybe uh, boxing ring. You're in the red corner. I'm in the blue corner. And you've uh, got your coach's corner. So take us away. What, uh, what advice do you have for us this week? Here I am. Hello, everybody. So uh, this is the time when everybody's asking, what supplements should I take for the challenge? What do I need? What do you recommend? What do I need to do? How do I change everything that I'm currently doing to make it into a perfect person that will achieve the results that I want to achieve? And then how will I continue my life on from there? Well, that's the bit actually that we need to worry about because you don't want to change yourself too much. So what I want to talk to you about is the foundations of training and nutrition um, in, in sort of broader terms, the foundations of let's just call it health. Um, let's just put it under the, the banner of if you if you want to try and get healthier, improve your life, because then generally those markers improve anyway um, from that. So the first thing that I have to say is, and you will agree with me, Coach Steve, I'm sure it doesn't matter really what you end up doing, whether it's stepping, whether it's running, whether it's doing our weights programs. The most important thing is to be compliant and have consistency in what you are doing. So if you've never done anything before, say, for example, Shane had not done group fitness uh, weights classes before, but now he started to do them. So it's very important for him to be consistent before he decides whether it's helping him or not. So for any nutrition strategy or training strategy, consistency is the most important aspect to take into consideration. So if you're thinking, I can do this for one or two weeks, but it doesn't fit into my life for the rest of the time, I would invite you, sound like Coach Steve here, but I would invite you to rethink your strategy and think long-term. So consistency could be, okay, I don't have the time every day to do 10,000 steps, but I am going to make sure that I do 5,000. You know, it's better to do something rather than nothing, rather than go, okay, I'm going to do 10,000 one day and then I've just worn myself out and I can't do anything else for the rest of the week. So consistency. So write this down, everybody. You've got to formulate a plan that you can stick to long-term. So even to do with, say, dieting, it's really important, in my opinion, in a 12-week challenge, it's so tempting to slide that slider. If you haven't seen the app yet, you won't know. But we have an option that says rapid weight loss. And that's red rag to a bull when you want rapid results. You're thinking, oh, I'm going to do that. But there's one thing. Your body 
is going to very quickly adapt to those lower calories and then you'll have to do a whole bunch of other stuff. But also you might find yourself getting super, super hungry and not complying and not being consistent with it. You might go, I've done it for four days. I'm starving. I'm tired. I need a break. And rightly so if you're not used to doing it. So therefore you might suddenly go, oh, I can't do it. Whereas what you've done is you've just made it that little bit harder for yourself to stick to. And there's nothing wrong with that. It is nothing wrong with admitting that because the consistency of staying with something like a moderate weight loss is going to actually help you in the end. We know that I love bunnies and it's the year of the rabbit, but the hare and the tortoise story, I have to vote for the tortoise in this one. So um unfortunately for, for the bunny family, I'm voting tortoise. Um, so you need to, so this is really talking to people who haven't done this before or, or picking it up again. You need to factor in what your lifestyle is like. So if you're somebody who doesn't necessarily uh, factor time in for the gym or is somebody who um, doesn't have the time to prep stuff it's silly to suddenly say I'm going to be doing six days of all of that I think a compromise would be good I think setting some equipment up at home finding some time to do that going on your walks and maybe prepping even say a protein sauce doing some chicken something like that and and then having um, a supermarket salad or some some veggies to start off with is the way to go. In fact, that's how we do it anyway. It's not a secret thing. I know people on Instagram make prepping look amazing. Mine never looks like that. That's why you never see my food on Instagram. I'm definitely not a pretty food person. Um, so yeah, I don't want you to fail. I want you to succeed. And I really think that, that the consistency is the base of everything. So that is really important. That next step is the one that everyone goes on about, especially once again on the internet, on Instagram, energy balance, calories in, calories out. So that's how it's summarized. That's how we're going to talk about it. You do need to make sure that you are eating in the right way for your goal. Now, if your goal is to put on muscle, then you want to be eating in an energy surplus you want to make sure that you have enough calories to fuel that muscle building if you want to lose body fat first you need to then eat in a deficit because that is what's going to help you lose that body fat but if you think i want to do both of course we all want to do both but it is just better to pick one goal first. So if you've got some fat to lose, I'd choose that first and then you can go into the muscle building. Now, it might be a bit confusing. I've been thinking about this. Might be a bit confusing because perhaps you think the minute that you walk into a gym, you're going to be muscle building. And if you're brand new, that is actually true. But just because you're lifting a weight doesn't mean necessarily you're going to build muscle if, you know, in a, in a huge way, if you are in a calorie deficit, if you're in an energy deficit. So... Weight training is important to preserve whatever muscle you have got while you are trying to lose body fat. But it doesn't mean just because you're touching your weight, you are choosing to gain muscle. So maybe that's something that's a bit confusing for people. Um, just lift the weights, stay consistent, but get that energy balance right. And also do it over time. So track everything uh, at first. You know, eventually you'll graduate. You won't need to track everything because you'll start to be able to eyeball it. But Track everything, licks, bites, tastes, um, anything that goes into your mouth, have a track of it because I'll, I think you'll find that then things will start to happen for you. And I think also that's a common theme in the top tens. 
then we go to macros so everybody will once you get your your plan you'll be going what macros do i need remember before macros comes the calories the energy balance that's really important the macronutrients the proteins the carbs the fats well we need our protein we want to prioritize protein the other two are interchangeable so it's really say for myself i'm pretty good with carbs in terms of the way that I, I need them. I think probably humans are in general. I think you've even said that to me, Coach Steve. It's I'm not an exceptional, I'm, I'm just a normal, like I'm like a car. You know, my fuel is, my preferred fuel is carbs and I fuel it and that's why I can lift good things and good things happen. But for some people, you might prefer fats, but just make sure you get that protein. You want to always remember calories first before the macros. So it's good to know, but you don't have to have the exact ratios when you are just starting out and learning. So don't get overwhelmed by that and don't listen to the noise out there about that. That can come later. The next is your micronutrients and your fiber. So um, they're important and that's why I'm talking about them, but that comes later as well. So that's also things like when you when people say if it fits your macro so you can just eat whatever, it is good also to give your body that nice, um, you know, uh, fuel that comes from um, things that are high, high in fiber, veggies, um, fruits, and there's nothing wrong with fruit in my opinion. I don't know if anyone's heard that it's not good, but I, I love it. Um, yeah, I think... Um, it's important also to understand that sometimes with veggies and uh, things that are quite filling, you tend to eat less if you eat them. And my, my secret is to always eat a nice piece of protein, some veggies, and then say to myself, if I want something else, I can have a treato. So then I'll let myself have a treat if I want a treat. But by then, I'm generally pretty full if I'm actually listening to my real appetite. Then we've got, people will ask, when should I eat? So nutrient timing. So that's um, important around training. I think it's really important to train fueled. I've trained unfueled. I've trained fueled. For me, it works better to eat something prior. That is also personal preference. But I, I think for, for lifting things, it is good to have something Um and also the other the other um, side of the coin is people say you shouldn't eat carbs before bed. I don't think that that matters as well. I, I think as long as your digestion feels fine and you can sleep well, um, it doesn't really matter when you eat these allocated calories at all. It's up to you, except for when it comes to performance and then also perhaps that pointy end of body composition where you have to time your meals, probably because the calories are getting quite low and you want to spread it out and have enough energy for the day. Um, then at the very top is we love them, but supplements, that's that's where we we people are asking, sometimes they ask before anything else, what supplements should I have? So we we want you to have them, but we want you to have them when all the other things are in order. So then we can choose our supplements as we speak about. So that's when you've got all a good grasp of all the other building blocks, that's when they become more vital to your fat loss and they can really help you out and they can give you that edge. So, um, you know, I personally think that once you've got your consistency, you can start to inject some of these other things in because something like a, a caffeine 
or um, a pre-workout might actually help you to maintain that consistency. And Steve, you will relate to this because sometimes when you are extremely knackered, something like that can be the difference between getting into the gym or not. So I do think that these things are they're there, but they're also a little bit fluid in terms of where they can live on the pyramid, depending on what's going on in your life. So there's my little pyramid coach's corner. I'm just sitting in a pyramid like an Egyptian cat. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I love it. And yeah, I, I think that many of us will put the cart before the horse, you know, where we, we jump into this thing and we, oh, what, is the secret ingredient that is going to get me my results, right? And they're maybe stressing out about what protein to take or what type of protein or, or the timing of said protein. It's like, oh, you are, you, you've got your train and you're trying to drive it backwards. Um, let's start with the first thing. And you nailed it, Nick, where we've got to be, uh, got to have some sort of foundation of a habit, a routine, some consistency. Because if, you, if you're not there with your, your consistency or in another word, maybe um, your adherence, then there's no point in doing anything because right? you're not adhering to it. And I often relate this fitness thing that we're trying to do with other goals that people may have in life, such as I want to learn an instrument or I want to speak another language or I want to try to save money to buy a house. Um, whatever that goal is, you're following a similar framework. Hey, you want to learn an instrument? Okay, you need to have dedicated time where you could practice to play the instrument. You need to have dedicated time to learn how to read music and then be able to interpret that music and then put it all together and play the guitar or piano, whatever it is. So it's a mixture of this practical sense and then this uh, theoretical sense. Same thing with this fitness thing. We need to have dedicated time to be able to go and practice our squats and our deadlifts and our bench press and our bicep curls. But then we also need theoretical time being like, okay, what is a calorie? What is a carbohydrate? Um, you know, how does my hydration levels influence this thing? How does my sleep influence this thing? You know, should I be worrying about this latest popular supplement that I saw on TikTok, right? we need to choose our priorities and what is going to be the the big rocks in in our endeavors yeah and i think the the first step is just to create the time and capacity and the resources to be able to do this damn thing so if you want to go and uh, learn another language you need to have the time energy and resources to be able to do that thing and if you don't well it's all just a pipe dream where you go i want to do it but ah you know we need to put energy towards being able to do the thing um, so really, you really just nailed it there. Um, and I just see it way too often where we stress about all the minutiae of it all, um, but we miss out on all the big rocks where we're actually just going to the gym, getting some work in and then going home and sleeping, <laughs> um, all, all the good stuff. Yeah, hear me out. The thing is, as you would say, hear me out. I'm starting to sound like you. Hear me out. I think that if you actually listen to me and did that, then I reckon you, you'll get some great results. So um, let me know. Let me know throughout the 12-week challenge or at the end if you listened to this and it helped at all. No, so good, Nick. So good. Nick, I want to uh, take us on a journey to the other side of the ring. We're in the blue corner now, Coach Steve corner. And I would like to talk about locking out while you're training. Okay. Mm. So locking out while you're training. And we're going to start by defining out what you mean by locking out when you're training. I'm talking about our joints and I'm referring to the idea of taking our joints to its full range of motion to a point where it is at its end range of motion or 
locked out um, while we're doing an exercise. Okay. Yep. Now, the prime example is something like a leg press. Okay. Where I see it often, people will be doing a leg press and, you know, there's a little bit of worry about getting the legs actually straight um, or even to a full range of motion in the knee where the knee actually goes into a little bit of extension. Okay. About, about 10 degrees of extension, a little bit of fear around that. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. And there's two reasons why, I mean, I think this, this, this has, has occurred where individuals would be um, afraid or want to avoid locking out. Firstly, it's um, a worry about injuries or worried about injuries um, or a high risk of, of injuries occurring. Um, and often it's because of the one or two videos that we've seen online of someone oh, you know, hyperextending yeah. their knees. And we often don't know that those individuals were either um, had super lax joints um, they were moving into a range of motion that they weren't ready for, or there's some videos of even people pushing against their knees and like forcing them into the other direction. So, okay, they've just been a little bit silly and unsafe with what they're doing, not the act of taking the leg into full range of motion is the problem. Talking about the safety idea, right? When you consider the knee, and I'm, I'm gonna be talking a lot about the knee, but it's applied across the entire bodies. Our knee is designed to go into extension. It is ex designed to go into lockout. And we take our leg through a full range of motion, especially the knee, when we do activities of daily living, such as squatting, getting off of chairs, walking upstairs, walking, running, okay? So we take the leg through those ranges of motion through every other activity, and you take that across any other sports the other sport and the knee is being used to its full extent not only fully flexion full extension but also its rotational capacities so you could then say well why are we not doing that in the gym as well okay now in terms of safety i would say that it's safer to take the knee through a full range of motion where we are locking out because we have a very clear start and end position injuries occur when we take our tissues through a range of motion that we're not ready for Okay, so I'll say that again, it occurs when we take our tissues through positions or loads that we're not ready for. So if you're constantly training your knee to, let's say, I don't know, 90 degrees, you go from like, um, you know, full flexion where your calves are touching your hamstrings and you only train it to 90 degrees of a bend. Um, you would only have strength through that range of motion. As soon as you go to beyond 90 degrees, that's uncharted territory. You don't have strength in that area. So you are at a higher risk of having an injury occur. So what would be better is if we train the knee through its full range of motion so that we have strength in every aspect of its knee, of the knee's normal and biomechanical range of motion, okay? That does mean that you would need to manage your load accordingly. So if you were to grab, I don't know, 500 kilos or something stupid, put it on a leg press, and then push yourself into lockout, okay, you're asking for something dangerous to happen because you're not ready for that load, regardless if it's lockout or if it's not, because it's just too much load, okay? So we'll just need to scale the load accordingly. So I would say it's safer to move through full range of motion, right? Um, and then over time, as we strengthen the full range of motion, um, we don't need to use as much load because we're taking the leg through its full range of motion to achieve the same stimulus as you would if you maybe half range of motion did or, or avoided lockout, um, where you would need more load to get a similar stimulus, which would add to more fatigue and more high risk of injury. So it's anything, it's safer to go to lockout, right? Because we're training it through a full range of motion. The next rationale as to why someone would avoid locking out is because they may have watched some uh, golden era bodybuilders 
or even current bodybuilders where they go, nah, bro, you can't lock out. You've got to have constant tension on the muscle, right? Which is, is, isn't the, the, the best idea. Okay. So time and attention, TUT, popular concept around training has its limitations. The idea is that if we avoid the end ranges of motion or avoid locking out, we can have consistent tension on the muscle and Sure, the more tension we have on the muscle, the greater the sensation of the pump or the metabolites building up, which has some influence to our overall hypertrophy outcomes. It makes it harder, right? We feel the burn, yes? Yeah? So we know that something's happening. Um, but what happens is because of the burn sensation, because of the metabolites, um, we end up doing fewer reps through that time under tension than if we did like a full rep where we go from a, a you know a zero degrees to a full uh lockout meaning that we're going from the maximal range of motion of that joint so then we're training the muscle through its maximal range of motion so we're missing out on a bunch of it so my advice would be to actually take the exercise through a full range of motion where you are actually extending the joint flexing the joint the whole way you'll find that if you take it through the full stretch position that can lead to greater hypertrophy signals. And that's demonstrated in current literature, which is really cool. So take yourself into that stretch position, stretch, major, stretch mediated hypertrophy, massive, give it a go, stretch, stretch, stretch. Um, you get more of a stimulus because we're taking it through those end ranges of motion. Um, and, you know, we essentially are able to train it, uh, train your muscle closer to uh, closer to failure basically, meaning that because we're safer going to full lockout, um, full range of motion, um, those micro pauses can take us closer to our failure point, um, which can lead to better execution of straight sets, more stimulus, more growth, okay? So the two primary reasons why we would avoid range of motion, uh, locking out is one, acute injury risk, and two, potentially more stimulus. Both of those are limiting where we go, well, it's, if anything, it's safer by locking out because we're training and ranges of motion. Um, we have a clear start and end position. We know exactly what areas we have capacity in and we could use less load to achieve the same result. And then in terms of the stimulus side of things, in terms of the gains, the pure gains, we could do more reps, get more stimulus, stimulus through a full range of motion targeting the different um, regions of the, the muscle. We get a stretch response um, and we get closer to failure. We kind of weigh it up and go, well, you know, what's the point of worrying about avoiding locking out? And the only reason that we would avoid locking out is if we know that it's just simply uncomfortable. Yeah. So if we know that we've got kind of like that naggy elbow or the naggy knee, that if we do take it through um, a full range of motion where we go into that little bit of extension into a full lockout, and that's what really irritates it. Okay. You don't have to, you don't need to, you're not a bad person if you don't do that. But um, the belief that we need to avoid locking out might be a limiting factor and you may get a better overall performance outcome, better results and closer to your goals by taking yourself to a lockout and then a full range of motion. Isn't it funny how, um, say like with a deadlift, if you didn't lock it out, then it wouldn't be considered to be a lift. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, just, just jumping on that point, Nick, like it's taking something like a leg press. All right. Oh, be careful. Don't lock out with a leg press. But when you do a squat, when you do a leg, when you do a yeah. deadlift, when you do a lunge, 
you're locking out, right? Because you, you, you have to. You have to, to stand <laughs> you would, up. You would be like Gumby. You're, yeah. you, know, you, you would collapse like spaghetti. Yeah. So if you, hmm. if you were going to do a squat and you didn't lock out, then your legs wouldn't be straight. You wouldn't be standing up. So, um, yeah, I, I find it funny that we, we're worried about something like the leg press, but then with something like squats, deadlifts, uh, no, no issues there, no, not a problem. Okay, yeah, maybe like sports specific stuff. Like, all right, we're talking about powerlifting. Hey, if you don't lock out, it doesn't count. All right, we're talking about sports. Um, mm. And, you know, you could apply that to a whole range of different sports like, yeah, powerlifting or gymnastics um, or, uh, you know, other team-based sports. If you don't lock out, it doesn't count as a rep. It doesn't count in the sport. It doesn't count as a demonstration. Um, or you're just leaving things on the table. Like, you know, let's say in boxing, like those guys and girls are going to like, you know, full lockout to get the full maximum force. And then if anything, a little bit further where they're trying to get a little bit more reach. So they're not even locking out their elbow, they're locking out the entire like shoulder complex to try to get the most reach. So they're taking advantage of the full range of motion at maximal force to get better at their sport. But then for you know our gym bro and broettes, we're worried about locking out for some reason. Uh, so yeah, I, I think it's just a an idea that is floated around the fitness industry since the the dawn of fitness you know similar to oh knees don't go over the toes like i don't know why we're still talking about that um so experiment with you know getting your elbow straight getting the knee straight taking the joints through a full range of motion you may need to lighten the load but you may find that that is the tipping point the step change to getting these really amazing results that you've been looking for yes that's really good because also like if you just think about our challenges often they are trying to get info from say your your YouTubes and your things and there's a lot of conflicting info out there so you can imagine you can understand why they they would be confused so it's good that we've got Coach Steve to clear it up. Coach Steve to clear it up, yes. Um, but yeah, look, Nick, let's wrap it up there for this episode mm-hmm. of the Coach's Corner, episode number two of the Coach's Corner. Uh, if you liked this episode, let us know, and we'll catch you next week for episode number three. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you like the show, share it with a friend. Or leave us a review on iTunes to spread the good word. See you next time.